It's time to get your news on. We are VK1 WIA. And bringing the news to you this week, I'm Graham VK4BB. You'll hear WIA Secretary and Director of the Wireless Institute of Australia, Peter Klee, VK8ZZ. VK2JNA has an unusual CW contact of sorts whilst on the road. Mark, VK4DMH, President of the Gold Coast Amateur Radio Society and their involvement with last weekend's Pacific Air Show. Cole, VK3GTV with arguably Ham Radio's best rescue radio planning. And, although not really falling into the news category, AR Magazine Editor-in-Chief Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH, does a little scientific pondering. But let's wander up to Darwin and your WIA Secretary. Good morning, Graham. I hope you are well after your extended trip around the country and your last week being away from the National News Desk. This is WIA Secretary and Director of the Wireless Institute of Australia, Peter Klee, VK8ZZ. I took part in the Remembrance Day contest earlier this month at the club station VK8DA. We set up a portable station running on solar power and barbecued sausages at the East Point Reserve, adjacent to the East Point Military Museum and the historical gun emplacements at East Point. The bands were not as active as I would have expected, but the station did well and our log has been submitted. The International Lighthouse and Lightship Weekend was last weekend, and again the bands were not as active as I would have hoped. The Darwin Amateur Radio Club will activate the Cox Peninsula Lighthouse next year. Uh, Over the last few months, we've advised of several new and existing positions that needed to be filled by members to assist the board in the operation of the Institute. At a recent meeting of the board, the following positions have been filled and advertised in the September-October edition of Amateur Radio magazine and on the WIA news pages. We are pleased to confirm the following appointments. Technical Advisory Committee Chairman is Grant Willis, VK5GR. Technical Advisory Committee Member, Technical Advisor C4FM, is Peter Jung, VK5JP. Technical Advisory Committee Member, Technical Advisor DMR, is Peter Brennan, VK3TE. And Technical Advisory Committee Member, Technical Advisor P25, is Steve Kennedy, VK6SJ. The Ross Hull Memorial VHF and UHF Contest Manager is Tom Blunt, VK2TBC. The Spectrum Strategy Committee Standards Australia Committees TE003 and TE003-19 is Peter Picorni, VK2EMR. The WIA National and Inward QSL Manager is Mike Adams, VK3KMA. Congratulations to those appointees. We very much thank the retiring members for their hard work and assistance to the Institute. The retiring Ross Hull Memorial VHF UHF Contest Manager Ted Thrift, VK2ARA. The retiring Spectrum Strategy Committee Standards Australia T003 is Ron Cook, VK3AFW. And retiring WIA National and Inwards QSL Manager is John Siemens, VK3JLS. Thank you, gentlemen, for your contribution to the Wireless Institute of Australia and to Amateur Radio in Australia. The WIA runs almost entirely on volunteers. We have only one paid employee who operates out of our national office. The seven board members of the Institute and well over 100 committee and group members are all unpaid volunteers who run this Institute 
for the benefit and betterment of amateur radio service. Without our army of hard-working volunteers, we would simply not be able to operate. Thanks, Graham. Back to you. VK2JNA had an unusual CW contact of sorts whilst on the road. He'd just driven home from Canberra and, whilst on the road near Paddy's River, saw a couple of low-flying military aircraft. He reckoned they could probably see him on the highway, so he signalled them, with Morse, three times by his headlights. It seems the lead aircraft did see him as the plane tipped his wings in acknowledgement, and that was good enough to also get that story back on ABC Canberra. Speaking of those magnificent men and their flying machines, buckle up for this next story, which you can also hear a much longer report in Q News. Just go to wiaq.org.au. Hi, I'm Mark, VK4DMH from GCARS on the Gold Coast. The Gold Coast Amateur Radio Society was involved with radio communications for the Pacific Air Show last weekend, providing scheduled timing and aircraft movement updates from the various airfields back to the Airshow Command and Service Paradise. There were 10 amateur radio operators engaged for three days at four different airfields and locations, spanning a distance of close to 100 kilometres. Many of us also had aircraft radio certifications so we could communicate with the pilots on airband as necessary. A complete new 70cm network was commissioned for the event, designed and built by Andrew, VK4QF. In addition, we installed a crossband aviation to commercial UHF repeater on a high-rise and service paradise, giving the airshow bosses an expanded area of aircraft radio coverage. There were 50 aircraft participating in the airshow with both civilian and military machines, some first flown in the 1940s. Each airfield presented unique issues for our amateur radio operators as we needed to see and report on each aircraft from pushing out of the hangar to engine start-up, taxiing, then finally take-off. The Service Paradise Command Centre crew were well prepared to deal with the continuous loud aircraft noise from the airshow. They had noise-cancelling pilot headsets connected to their handheld transceivers. Seated alongside our two amateur radio operators in the Service Paradise Command Centre were two Air Services Australia representatives and a CASA representative. The three air bosses were able to get the latest aircraft updates from our crew and all three groups constantly liaised on aircraft movements, including those aircraft in the area that weren't in the air show. GCAS is already planning the radio coverage for next year's event. 73 Mark VK40MH from the Gold Coast Amateur Radio Society. This is Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH. National Science Week has just concluded, which reminded me that, in one sense, amateur radio has science as its basis. Think about it. Every time you turn on your rig and call CQ, or join a net, or take part in a contest, you're conducting a scientific experiment. Remember when you did science in high school and had to write up an experiment? I recall having to set out the objective, the means, the method, and the results. Think about that. When you turn on your rig and set it to, say, 20 metres, for example, your objective is to make contacts. The means is about the equipment, in this case your microphone, your transceiver, your feed line and your antenna. The method concerns the details of how you go about making a contact, selecting a band and a frequency or channel, what sort of antenna you select, if it's a beam, the direction you pointed it, included here is that CQ call. The result for this scientific experiment is 
making a contact with the station that responds to your CQ call and writing that in your log. So, if you joined in the Remembrance Day contest, I trust that you enjoyed it. The last time I joined in the RD, I never managed to make a contact. It was 1970. August is still winter in Antarctica and there's only a couple of hours of twilight around midday. The RD contest arrived and I tuned into the opening broadcast with bated breath. The signal on 40 metres was 5 by 7 to 9 with slow QSB. As it began to end, the signal faded alarmingly. Silence. Tune up, tune down, nothing. Check the antenna connection. All good. Call again. No response. Tune the band. More silence. I phoned my onospheric physicist friend elsewhere on Casey. He said something like, Sorry, mate, there's a polar cap absorption event in progress. The delayer sucked up all signals. No HF communications for the polar regions. The bands didn't come good until Monday. My grand scientific experiment on the outer bands was a bust. This has been Roger Harrison, VK20H. Thanks for listening. From here, there and everywhere, you've tuned to the Wireless Institute of Australia's National News Service. We are VK1WIA. Now with international news, Jason, VK2LAW. Hello. Leading this week's international news from Region 1, IARU Region 1 Monitoring System Newsletter. The latest edition has been published and includes a report regarding the successful resolution of a case. A transmitter undergoing testing that's part of an international scientific radar network called the Super Jewel, a rural radar network operating in the 20 metre band. The report covers how it was detected and brought to a satisfactory conclusion. In news from California, amateur radio operators activated last Sunday, August 20, to provide communications and information for Tropical Storm Hillary. Heavy rains were falling in San Diego and local media reported that 250 airline flights had been cancelled. Amateur radio operations began that Sunday morning with Whiskey X-Ray 4 November Hotel Charlie, amateur radio station at the National Hurricane Centre on air. This was the first tropical storm to hit California since 1939. To Puerto Rico. Will Arecibo Observatory ever do science again? Although it's slated to become an education centre, astronomers hope research one day might return to the site. After weathering hurricanes, earthquakes, budget cuts and a pandemic-induced shutdown, the iconic Arecibo Observatory in Puerto Rico closed its doors on the 14th of August. After its main instrument collapsed two years ago, the site was supposed to shift from carrying out astronomy to being a science education centre. But concrete plans for that have yet to materialise and funding for current operations has run out. The observatory's main attraction, a 305-metre-wide dish that was responsible for, among other things, studying near-Earth asteroids, discovering exoplanets and observing gravitational waves, was destroyed in 2020 when some support cables snapped following years of delayed maintenance. To Hawaii. Emergency officials in Hawaii have begun using AM broadcast equipment to help communicate with the public during the wildfire recovery efforts in Maui. The State of Hawaii Emergency Management Agency has purchased four Radio Stat portable emergency advisory stations. 
the Wireline Competition Bureau of the Federal Communications Commission granted the State of an Emergency authorization to use at four locations, including checkpoints and police and fire stations. To news from Kuala Lumpur, the Borneo posters run a great story of that area on ham radio. In today's digitally driven world where instant communications is often taken for granted, a powerful yet overlooked tool remains ready to serve in times of crisis. Amateur radio. Imagine this scenario. Your phone is out of power, the electrical grid is down and there's no cellular signal. Desperation sets in as you try to reach authorities for help. Enter amateur radio a versatile communication medium that thrives under these adverse conditions. Amateur radio operators, also known as hams, step up to provide a crucial communications lifeline. They can connect over open frequencies to share vital information, coordinate rescue efforts and maintain a lifeline when all other forms of communication fail. Well done to the BorneoPost.com. Now for Weird and Wonderful... If you've been making up for lost years of travel, you might have seen a fellow traveller in the airport terminal walking with their luggage happily careening behind them. Hackaday are reporting on a project from a couple who wanted more of that. They wanted an open-source, low-cost system that could be put in anything. The basic principle is that they have a transmitter that sends both a radio signal and an ultrasonic pulse. The receiver receives the radio signal and uses it as a reference for the two ultrasonic sensors. The time since the radio signal is compared between the two and a distance and direction are established. In practice, the radio and ESP32-S3 using ESP Now, a protocol from Esperif that offers low latency 250 bytes payloads, the ultrasonic transceiver is based on SparkFun's HCSR04. The prototype the team built was an electric wheelbarrow that would happily follow you around the yard wherever you go. For VK1 WIA National News, in Sydney, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. We are VK1 WIA. Now, operational news with VK4 FUQ. Felix. Hello there. Now, contest-wise, RT Contest, get your logs in pronto. Today is the last day for log submission, Sunday, over 300 hours Zulu. Hi, this is Alan, VK4 Sierra November, the Remembrance Day Contest Manager. My internet service provider sometimes thinks that logs coming to me is spam and are blocked. So please make sure that if you've sent a log that your call sign is showing in the submitted logs link on vklogchecker.com. If not, please email me. Details are on the WIA Remembrance Day page. I also type up paper and attach logs to email and submit to vklogchecker.com. All operators will get an automated acknowledgement when submitted and success or failure is actually shown on the screen when the log is submitted. Good luck. This is Alan, VK4, Sierra November. Thanks, Alan, VK4SN. August 26-27, Alara contest is this weekend. Also this weekend, the CQ Ritty Ops Worldwide Ritty Contest which has two sessions between the 25th and 27th of August. The first session is between 2200 hours UTC on the 25th and 1200 hours UTC on the 26th. The second session is from 1200 hours to 2359 hours UTC on Sunday the 27th, using Ritty only on the 160 to 10 meter bands, where contests are permitted. 
the exchange at Settlement Report and the four-digit year of your first licence. The Luck of the Irish IRTS SSB Field Day The IRTS SSB Field Day will take place from 1300 hours UTC next Saturday, September 2nd, to 1300 hours UTC on Sunday, September 3rd. Activity will focus on SSB phone contacts in the 3.5, 7, 14, 21 and 28 MHz bands. October, Oceania Dex Contest. Phone, the first four weekend in October each year. 0600 hours UDC, Saturday to 0600 hours UDC, Sunday. CW, second four weekend in October from 0600 hours UDC, Saturday to 0600 hours UDC, Sunday. November, VHF UHF Spring Field Day. 25-26 November. DX Window. First we see through the window is right here in Australia. VK5 is Amateur Radio Experimenters Group have been celebrating their 25th anniversary with special event call sign VI25AREG. VI25AREG ceases operation Thursday, August 31. Nauru. C21TS is on the HF bands using FT8 and SSB. QSL C21TS via M0OXO. Mariana Island. QRV as KH0 stroke DL2AH from Ruta Island until September 14 on 80 to 6 metres using SSB and FT8. QSL direct to home call, which of course is DL2AH. Asiatic Russia. RI0Z from Ringer Island. IOTA AS039. Until September 3. Marking the 30th anniversary of the Russian Robinson Club. Activity is on 160 to 10 metres using CW, SSB and various digital modes. QSL via Operator's Instructions LA100K is the special cosine in use by the Academisk Radio Club. LA1K to celebrate the 100th anniversary of its foundation. It is the oldest amateur radio club in Norway. The special cosine will be in use until the 31st of December and QSL route is very easy. Via the Bureau or Direct. For VK1WIA National News, I'm Felix VK4FUQ Inningham. From here, there and everywhere, you've tuned to the Wireless Institute of Australia's National News Service. We are VK1WIA. Now, special interest group news with VK3 Triple F, Bruce. And a very good day to you. Worldwide Special Interest Groups Digital. Echo Links, Jonathan Taylor, K1 RFD. Graham, VK2 FA, joins us. The next Hunter Radio Group meeting will be held on Thursday, the 14th of September at the Electronic Section at Newcastle TAFE. This meeting, to our knowledge, will be the first time this has happened in Australia. The meeting will be an online lecture by Jonathan Taylor, K1 RFD. Jonathan is the gentleman who developed the popular amateur radio program Echolink. He is an outstanding speaker and we feel this lecture is one not to be missed. 
Echolink has just under half a million users validated on the system and is a tool used to link licensed radio amateurs all over the world, including people who have had to move into nursing homes and no longer have access to their radio equipment. Echolink is also an asset for licensed amateurs travelling overseas who can't take their radio equipment with them. The Hunter Radio Group would love to have you attend this meeting and hear Jonathan's lecture. Our meeting starts at 6.30pm and you will be made welcome at our friendly club. There will be a live stream of the lecture via Zoom supplied by Amateur Radio New South Wales. Further details will be given in future broadcasts. I'm Graham, VK2FA, on behalf of the Hunter Radio Group for National WIA News. For further information, please contact Graham, VK2FA. Worldwide Special Interest Groups, Faith, remembering the patron saint of amateur radio. History will not let anyone forget the horrors of the concentration camps of World War II. Hams in Mexico have devoted this month, August, to remembering a Polish priest considered the patron saint of amateur radio. The Franciscan friar Maximilian Kolbe was killed at Auschwitz in 1941, giving his life in exchange for saving a Polish army sergeant condemned by the Nazis to die. In remembrance of the priest, who was declared a saint in the Roman Catholic Church in 1982, the call sign 4A2MAX has been on air all month. Worldwide Special Interest Groups, Final Frontier. Slovakia and Romania are preparing to launch digipetting satellites following coordination of their frequencies by the International Amateur Radio Union. The Slovakian satellite, a 1U CubeSat, will have experimental slow-scan digital video as well as a digipeter operating around the clock on two different bands. Because the satellite has an educational role to fulfil, there will be messages transmitted in both CW and using AX25 occasionally. The IARU has coordinated a downlink on 436.680 MHz. The Romanian satellite is a PicoSat with the primary role of serving as a digital amateur radio repeater. A CW beacon will also be transmitted so hams can measure various properties of the signal and detect its speed by using Doppler. The satellite will also transmit low-resolution SSDV images in GFSK mode. The satellite will be using a downlink on 436.235 MHz. CW will be sent at 20 words per minute. GFSK telemetry will be sent at 500 bits per second and GFSK SSDV will be sent at 5 kilobytes per second. Amateur radio operator hacks NASA satellite. While the phrase is eye-catching for social media, the truth is just as exciting. Amateur radio astronomer Scott Tilly, VE7TIL, has made contact with NASA's Stereo A spacecraft, which passed Earth for the first time in 17 years. The Stereo A Solar Terrestrial Relations Observatory spacecraft we told you of again recently here on WIA National News, was launched in 2006. 
I'm having fun with Stereo A, Tilly reported to spaceweather.com. He said, the spacecraft is close to Earth and I can now receive its signal using a small 26-inch dish in my backyard. Its channel is on 8443.58 megahertz. Worldwide special interest groups, radio amateur young timers, Yota, youngsters on the air. It's Tualik, VK2APC. Thank you, Bruce. In Huntsville, Alabama, thousands of amateur radio enthusiasts visited Rocket City for the annual Huntsville Hamfest. And this year, something a little different which I'm sure many an Aussie Hamfest could pick up. Jessica Mollo of the Huntsville Amateur Radio Club told how, in order to try and get some more youth into the hobby and just display what it is what we do, we actually had a youth lounge. This is where the kids could come together and actually get on the radio with us kind of coaching them, Jessica said. This annual conference had been bringing enthusiasts together since 1954 and is known as the world's friendliest hamfest. At this year's Hamfest, people were able to take part in exam sessions, sit in on one of the many forums, visit one of the many vendors, and of course take part in one of the activities in the Youth Lounge. For VK1WIA National News, I'm Alec, VK2APC in Sydney. Now back to you, Bruce. And thanks, Alec. Worldwide special interest groups rescue radio. When all else fails, after 18 months of preparation, the Bendigo Amateur Radio and Electronics Club, Barrack, will conduct the first community-focused emergency communications exercise ever held in Australia. With more, Cole, VK3GTV. Thanks, Bruce. Operation Radar, the rapid deployment of amateur radio, will fill a critical gap in emergency planning by providing communications resources to bushfire evacuees and regional administrators when electricity, mobile phone networks and internet have failed. On the morning of Sunday the 3rd of September, that's next Sunday, eight bushfire places of last resort around the city of Bendigo will be activated with standalone field radio stations linked to the barrack headquarters at Bendigo East Hall, and to outlying stations up to 300 kilometres away. The radar model was formulated in response to warnings about climate change and answers the call from all levels of government for communities to become more self-reliant in the face of regional emergencies. The City of Greater Bendigo and Mount Alexander Shire are providing observers from their emergency management teams to help evaluate the new model. Amateur operators in central Victoria are advised that the VK3RCV repeater will be used during the exercise and that stations not involved are respectfully requested not to use the repeater during the exercise, however are welcome to monitor. HF outlier stations will be operating on 40 metres, 7 decimal 115 MHz lower sideband, and regular public announcements will be made requesting that this frequency be kept clear for exercise traffic. Barrick President Neil VK3ZVX notes that the principal points of difference between Operation Radar and previous emergency exercises are its focus on radio amateurs providing communication services to their local community, rather than acting as an adjunct to state agencies, and the fact that local knowledge plays a pivotal role in the rapid deployment of resources. This approach, he says, allows amateur radio groups greater autonomy, significantly reduces barriers to participation, ensures that communications resources are deployed to the locations most needed, and that planning is carried out with the greatest possible awareness of local conditions. 
Operation Radar will commence Sunday, September the 3rd at 0700 Eastern Time and will conclude shortly before 1300. A video of the exercise will be made available on the Barrack YouTube channel at a later date. For VK1 WIA National News, I'm Cole, VK3 GTV in Bendigo. And from one Barrack member to another, it's back to you, Bruce. Thanks, Cole, VK3 GTV. Also to GK2 APC and Graham, VK2 FA, for their contributions. I'm Bruce, VK3 Triple F from Sunny Bendigo. This is VK1 WIA. All points of contacts from today's news stories are to be found in print when you read the web editions, www.wia.org.au. 2023 social scene. VK4 Sunfest happens September 9. In VK2, it's that Hunter Radio Group's meeting September 14, an online lecture by Jonathan Taylor, K1RFD, who wrote Echolink. And in VK2, Sarkfest, 8am, Saturday, September 23. Now, submitting news items, if you'd like to submit news for possible inclusion in this WIA broadcast, email your item in text to nationalnews at wia.org.au and don't just send URLs or pointers. Take the time to pen your contribution the way you'd expect to hear it being read. Now, to submit audio, and we'd much sooner you did your own audio, again, email nationalnews at wia.org.au and send both the audio and the text. But... We'd certainly appreciate items certainly no longer than 90 seconds in length, as we only have half an hour. Now, till we meet further down the log, I'm Graham VK4BB. Walk softly, oh, and remember, the sooner you submit material, the more the likelihood of it being broadcast in the very next edition of WIA National News. From Australia, this has been the Wireless Institute of Australia with the weekly news service. This broadcast is in text, audio and video and is accessed on wia.org.au.